listening to the Carrero Podcast. I am Malia Hoffman, and I'm here with Fred Ramirez. Today, our guest is Christiane Sines. Christiane is currently a graduate student at California State University, Fullerton, where she will be starting her last semester in the Combined Credential Master's Program in Elementary Education. After earning her bachelor's degree in theater in 2006 and completing internationally in trampoline, she went on to run an action sports camp and later joined the circus. After years of touring the world and living out of a suitcase, she realized she needed to do something more and wanted to make a difference in the world. So she went back to school to become a teacher. Christiane is a lover of the environment, passionate about plastic reduction, and a diehard feminist. You can follow Christiane on Twitter at Christiane S spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-N-E-S. Also, Instagram at teaching signs spelled teaching, S-A-I-N-Z. Thanks, Christiane, so much for joining us today. You were competing around the world in trampoline, and you joined the circus. It sounds like you have a lot of really great worldly experiences. Can you tell us what that was like and perhaps share one of your favorite, most memorable memories? Yes. (laughs) Traveling the world, uh, living out of a suitcase has been my life, most of my life. Um, they're two completely different, I mean, areas too, because with trampoline, it was, you got to see the world, but you also got to see, uh, gym venues and convention centers. And we got one day to kind of see the area that we were at. So you showed up, you were jet lag, you had practice the next day, then you compete. And then they're like, okay, set you free, see the world and fly back home. So I always tell people I got to see the world from the inside of sports centers. (laughs) Um, And so now I'm traveling and trying to see it from a different view. And then with circus, it was very carefree. Uh, I mean, it's a circus, (laughs) Um, but it's not the circus with, you know, people think like the big tent and the animals and elephants. I always have to tell them there are no lions. There are no elephants. We were like your Cirque du Soleil circus, uh, acrobats, trapeze. Um, but we did street performing. And a lot of times it was the street performing that paid for your travels. So you pass the hat and you're pretty much begging for their money to Mm. do your show so that you could get yourself home or get the next hostel. Um, so wait, when, when you see street performers now, are you always throwing money in their hat? 100%. Because you like totally identify with that. Absolutely. Um, we used to, we had like, you know, a ton of lines and a lot of jokes about giving us a five or even a 10 might help us get back home and away from your children. Um, but like, I think with trampoline also the memorable experiences don't come from like winning the competitions. Um, Maybe for some, not for me. Mine was a lot of making the podium. Like my my most memorable would be the first time I made the podium. So it wasn't even first place. It was pro- it was third actually. I do remember, but it was it's a sport that they think you think is very individual and you do it for you, but you're really doing it for everyone else. Yeah. Um, so I was competing for my coach or my mom for my country. And so when you make that podium and your, you know, your coach is proud of you or you finally get to call your mom and tell her that you placed 
those are the memories that you take with you. Okay. Well, you just uh, gave me goosebumps. So good job. <laughs> You're welcome. Cool. Um, First question in goosebumps. Check. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's where like, I do. I remember that one. Cause I, I remember my coach just being stoked. Yeah. Um, but you work hard. I mean, we're training, you work so hard for that approval, um, yeah. which gets into later for school and teaching and everything. And then for circus, that one was fresh out of college. And so for me, it was, I was so excited to pass the hat and count those ones. And, <laughs> you know, I'm counting. I was like, we just made $300 today. And like, that was a big deal yeah. or like a full weekend. Sometimes we'd make $300. I didn't care. I was living at home and I was counting these $1 bills and rolling them up and taking them to the bank. You know, you look real cool, but <laughs> that was, those were the fun times where you felt like you, what you were doing was worth something. Um, and then later you have people come up to you as we continued and we made it a stage. So it was no longer just your street performing show. We would have people come up because we were telling our own personal stories. So in that part of the circus, I did trampoline as well. And I'd have people come up to me and tell me, I had injuries. You've, you know, you're right. I can do something else. You've changed my life. You know, those are the ones that mean something. It's not the, not the show specifically yeah so So can you so now transition us into what from your life experiences and now now you're getting into teaching um have have any of those experiences shaped your own teaching philosophy yeah 100 percent um my philosophy is it's based off of john dewey so active learning uh and pbl and everything but mine is all about making each student feel worth something. Mm. So school was also very hard for me. Um, Growing up, it was, I used to use the excuse that I was always in the gym, so I didn't get to study. (laughs) You know, you do your homework in the car on the way to the gym or on the bus as before it dropped you off. And then, you know, you're trying to cram it in. That's all the time you had. You were in the gym from like four to five hours a night. So you missed all, all that time. But it wasn't, I can't use that excuse because as I've gotten older, I've realized that school is just hard because I learned differently from a lot of the students. So I, I want to take into the classroom, obviously, that. But I want to reach out to each student individually and make them feel appreciated and make them feel that their work is worth something. So it doesn't, I'm not direct instruction um, group instruction, obviously, and perfection, because I was a gymnast and we were taught, you know, practice makes perfect, but perfection is completely unattainable. So I want my students to know that you're going to make mistakes. And it's how we learn from those mistakes that we become better. So that was something that was really hard for me. And I don't think I really understood until probably I went back to school (laughs) that, you know, I, I always wanted, I never got the A, but I always wanted the A. I guess sometimes I still have those issues. I'm working on it. I'm working on it, okay? <laughs> but I, I do. I try really hard. And it was really hard at school when I tried really, really hard and didn't benefit from it just because it wasn't what the teacher wanted. And I, I think you, you bring up a really fascinating point is that perfection is not a, attainable. It's 
you know, and I, and I kind of go back to um, just, just listening to like, a, like a lot of your Japanese artists that are, you know, 80, 80 years of age and they're, and, you know, and they're, and they're at their kiln and they're, you know, and they're saying it's not perfect yet. And these are masters. These are masters in their, in their craft. And I, and I think about that. And now just with you saying this, it's like, this should, you know, this should give students um, a sense of relief. Like, okay, maybe, maybe I don't have to be this perfect person. I could, I could strive. I could keep on striving. And Um, that's the whole point. Just keep working and keep going for it. And I think it's still a little, it's a still a little skewed, especially with gymnastics where, like I said, we were going for that perfect 10 and some people could get it, you know, and right when gymnasts started getting that perfect 10 score, they changed all the rules and now you can't get a perfect 10. Like now you get a 16 or a 14, like it does not exist. You cannot get it in elite gymnastics because people were finally getting that 10. So that's what we strive for. And it's like, every time you didn't get it, you put yourself down. So and I think that's a lot in the class and in schools with standardized tests and making them work for those. It's we're pushing our students into something that they can't even get to. <laughs> that's really awesome. And I like that as part of your philosophy. Can you share with us maybe some of your lessons or units that you did with your students while you're student teaching that were really memorable? Yes. I loved student teaching. <laughs> oh, wow. There's one. <laughs> I, I did. I loved, I loved it. I actually loved student teaching. I loved subbing. Being a substitute was always fun for me too. Wow. Um, because I like to have fun. Yeah. Like I am one of those goofy teachers. I think one time I dressed up as a penguin um, <laughs> for one of our penguin units. I wore a penguin costume. I taught them a dance in the costume. But... <laughs> I, I also love science. So science is like my favorite thing to teach. So I did a whole unit. I did the human body. Um, and lucky for me, my mentor teacher was amazing. And just kind of when it was my turn or if I had an idea, she was like, let's go. And let me kind of take the reins and just do what I wanted to do. Cool. So for human body, it was, and they, she taught very direct. Like they sat in their desk. She taught at them. They took notes. There was... There was communication with elbow part, but they weren't up and moving. Wow. So then, like, I finally took over, <laughs> and I was just like, okay, stand up. All right, let's do this. Everyone move your arms. Jump up and down. And I was connecting, obviously, we were doing the circuitry system, parts of their brain and parts of their nerves and stuff to the activities they were doing. And then they would have to go back to their notes and think and tell me and talk with their partners about which part of their brain were they using to move their arms the certain way they were moving their arms hmm. or, you know, so really made it more conversation based. It's like, once you think you have it, meet with your partner, discuss it. Who's right. You know, could you both be right? Are there different areas? So that one was fun. I think that was my favorite because we were moving constantly and we went outside to do our heart rate and run around in circles. But I think after every lesson, my favorite, I had one, one student every time would be a, that was so much fun. I loved that lesson <laughs> every time, every time. And sometimes it'd be funny because I have, we have a coach 
you know, as well, who would come in and watch us. And she'd be like, every time you're done, do you tell that student? I was like, no, every time I'm done teaching, you just have to tell. It was so much fun. (laughs) But it was, it was great. Like those were the experiences. And I also had my, I still talk to my mentor teacher regularly. And just like last week, I was checking on her to see how she was doing with everything. And um, she said, you, you saved my life and you saved my job. Hmm. Wow. And I said, thank you. You know, like, you're welcome. <laughs> but it was, she said that she was, you know, and she told me before she just kind of lost, not lost the love, but forgot how to make it fun again. Mm-hmm. And I went back in January and she was like, come ask the kids about the lemonade they made. I'm like, they made lemonade. She's like, yeah, we're doing fractions in math. And I took a little bit of your lessons and I tied it in and we made lemonade. And I was like, yes. Finally. That's awesome. So it was really cool. And I'm glad it was kind of like, you know, you always, you teach each other and that's yeah. what it's about anyway. So what, so, what grade level? Is fourth. This? fourth oh, grade. wow. Yeah. Wow. They were awesome. So we have a scavenger hunt this Thursday through Zoom, I guess we're doing because it's their last day of school. Yeah. Oh, it is? Nice. Yeah. Wow. Nice. That's fun. Good old Zoom school, you know. But, uh, oh. So, so then talk about that now, because you're you're one of those people that um, there's not many of you out there that have gone through traditional student teaching, and then right in the middle now you're kind of having to redo a lot of things and rethinking things, and and there's not going to be probably anyone else like you ever again. So, tell us about this transition. I know it's going to be crazy. Now this semester, I wasn't in student teaching um, as a placement. I did it with my mentor teacher for fun. Like I would log in with them and do stuff, but it was hard at our school that I was at because they didn't have the computers and they don't have the resources or a lot of times it's one computer to an entire family. So it would be who has the computer at the time. How do you schedule it? They don't have internet, so how do you connect them with the free internet that's being offered? Um, and then you finally get them all on, and they want to show you their house and what they're wearing and their pajamas and their cat. <laughs> so, graders, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Or their ugly um, 49ers shirt. <laughs> yeah, I, I made everyone knows by the way because when I went back, I had to talk. They wanted to hear all about 49ers and the Super Bowl, so that mm-hmm. was you know. But they. I know I've been talking to my mentor teacher about it too. And she says they, it's kind of just a loss, unfortunately, for a lot of it because they send home packets for them to do. But as far as getting on the computer, the kids just don't have the ability. Correct. Um, Now my second time, my second placement will be this fall. Uh, And right now it sounds like there's going to be some form of distance learning probably tied in. Yeah. And I'm actually excited about it. I think I'm probably one of the very few. <laughs> um, I would love to be in the classroom, obviously, because I like that connection. But like you were saying, it's something that no one will ever have that experience of. And so I kind of see it as going back to the athlete in me, like challenge accepted, let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, let's figure this out. Yeah. Um, I also like technology and I like to learn new things. So being able to apply, I already have had ideas. Like, how could I do this? Well, I could probably make this up, you know, so I'm kind of starting to plan already and I don't even know what's going on. That's smart. Probably going to be in TK where 
you know, mm. they're just going to stare at the screen. That's but I'm going to have some killer lessons. Yeah. Well, yeah, you could just, you know, you, know, you could just give. <laughs> You could just give your lessons dressed up as as a penguin. Oh my I gosh, they would so love many it. I know, oh. so many costumes. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for that challenge, if or when it be, you know comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I'm kind of just going to take it and go with it. And I think that it'll be a learning experience for me, but also something that I can bring to the table in interviews or like to right. see that on a resume to be like, well, I. Lucky for me, I had both. I was in the classroom for one. So I had that experience. And then the other one is, you know, we'll see what happens. I think it would be challenging if it were reversed, if you had to start with your student teaching in in an online environment. Because so much of student teaching is just getting that classroom management piece down. And it's completely different in an online environment. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. As you enter your last semester of your program, you're doing your capstone project. So tell us about your your topic that you've chosen and what led you to that. It's all tied together. Mm -hmm. Um, My topic is building student confidence through alternative assessment. Oh. So, yes, Um, which goes in deep and deep with research from competition in the classroom Uh, obviously the traditional forms of assessment, standardized tests, and then how we can change and adapt the classroom with alternative assessment. Um, Obviously we're not, I'm not going to be able to write a plan to get rid of standardized tests (laughs) or anything like that. Yes. Growth mindset. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and grades, it's very grade based, but the competition comes from back, obviously when I was in school and they're still doing it with the charts. So you see a lot of, um, I mean, even behavior charts and then you have your multiplication charts on which, you know, how high do you know your times tables and then the reading for AR scores. So all that's still posted in classrooms. Um, and all I see are the kids who have them all the way, like they might have a sticker all the way up to 12 for their multiplication you know, times tables, and then you have the ones that can only get to three. And like, what's that doing to their self-esteem? It's not necessarily their fault Mm -hmm. that they can't memorize times tables. So we're, as educators, we're taught to, you know, differentiate all of our instruction and teach to each individual student because every student learns differently. So if every student learns differently, why are we testing them all the same? Um, So I go off of all that and We're not at the final project yet, so we don't know exactly what it's going to entail or what we're supposed to do. Um, Mine will probably be some sort of handbook for teachers. Um, Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. One one of the things we can do. Like a digital handbook? Hmm. I think a digital, I think a digital handbook is a fantastic mm, idea. I think so. Yes. Yes is the correct answer. Um, I will be doing a digital handbook for my, for my final project um, with ideas on how to, because I think a lot of people believe that competition is the motivation, but there are ways and it does, it can motivate you, but there are ways to motivate individuals without competing against others and peers. So competition within yourself is fine if Mm -hmm. that's what you need to be motivated. 
So why not have a sticker chart for each student, but in their desk or in their folder? And they can, you know, when they get to a certain thing, maybe they get a reward, maybe they get a dollar for their store class or their class store or whatever. Um, but ideas like that. And then different ways to, you know, alternative assessment. I think feedback is the most important thing we can give to our students. I am very, like I'm driven off of feedback not necessarily the scores. Of course, everyone wants their good scores because they put in the work. But I want to know what my teacher has to say about my work because yeah. that's going to be, you know, mean more to me if I'm going to put in, like I have been, eight hours a day into a paper. And if you're only going to write good job and give me my paper, I'm going to be like, man, why did I spend eight hours a day on that? Yeah. Yeah. And um, we need to inter uh, introduce you to some people that we've, that, that, that we've interviewed. Um, and let us know if you want this information. Um, she's a, a long time listener. Oh, she okay. is one of our tried and true listeners. <laughs> yeah. So, so she's so if you if, if you listen to the teachers from New Zealand that we and, yeah. and we've had a couple of them. And since you love to travel, maybe maybe we can all meet in New Zealand and check this Done. school out. It, I like where your head's at. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, be, you know, because every kid is walking around with their own little iPad and they got these badges that they, that they get. Yes. Um, and, and they tell you why they got that particular badge, um, yeah. for their, for reading or for math or blah, blah, blah. So yeah, 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 let's go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one of the things that, that, I was reading about and it and it tugged at my heart. How did you become such the in the environmentalist and looking at plastics? Well, I grew up in an environmentalist home, um, <laughs> but our answering machine growing up literally said at the end, "If you buy American and recycle, we'll call you back." <laughs> so I love Kathy; she's the yeah, best. That's Kathy. That's my yeah. mother. Mm -hmm. um, that's and people awesome. would always leave messages and they'd be like, we do buy American and we're working on the recycling. And we're like, okay, we'll call you. <laughs> um, so I grew up in that. I grew up with the cloth napkins. You know, when you give them to someone, they're like, what is this? You're like, that's your napkin. <laughs> yeah. um, we grew up like that. But of course it was, it was still different. I think my mom had us out on the street corner protesting when I remember it. It was something with the ozone because I remember the sign and it was like ozone layer. Rah. You know, like we were that family that she always brought the environment into like to let us know what was going on. It's ozone action day. You guys, we're going to do this. Um, so then I, as I got older, it's been just the past couple of years where I've been noticing, man, I've really been slacking and what can I do? So I started to eliminate, you know, plastic and plastics a little bit <laughs> bit by bit. It is a challenge. Um, obviously start with the straws. I think now I also have cloth napkins and silicone bags and people come over and they're like, can I, they'll point to the paper towel. It's okay. You can take a paper towel. They're like, Are you sure? <laughs> um, or people like so at, at school, everyone knows how I am. So they'll be afraid to open up their, their lunch because they have a bunch <laughs> of Ziploc bags. And I have a couple of girls in my block who sit at my table and they'll like open it away from me. Oh my like, God. Grab a snack. 
Yeah. What are you doing? I was like, oh, is it because you have six Ziploc plastic bags in your lunch right now when you could have used Tupperware or, you know. Plastic shaming. So. Yeah, but it works and they're aware. They're aware of their indiscretions. I tell them, (laughs) my job is to plant the seed. Yes. And to educate you. Mm -hmm. So my way of educating them is there's four girls in my block that I'm pretty close with. So what did they get for Christmas? They got silicone straws. They got silicone plastic, zip, not plastic, Ziploc bags. You know, like I gave them the resources to start them off. So, you know, we talk about it. Like one of them the other day said her mom said something about paper plates. And she was like, we can't, we can't use paper plates, mom. I'll do the dishes. And oh. then she goes, Christian, you're always in my head. I'm like, yes. Yes. So I try not to judge because I know there's situations, you know, for everybody and why they may not be able to do what they're doing. But I I do try to plant the seed with that. So, and I listened to one of your podcasts with the girl. Annika um, Ballant. Yes, Annika. who was talking about plastic and she was like, I looked in my bathroom and I'm looking around. I was like, oh my gosh, I still have so much plastic and I have so much work to do. Yeah. The one phrase that she said is I'm very hyper aware of all the plastic in this room right now. And I was like, Oh, wow. Now I am. Now we are. Yes. So like, and I notice it all the time or I'll try, I try so hard when I'm shopping to be like, no, don't get that. That one's glass. You should get that one. I buy the glass spices over, (laughs) (laughs) over the plastic spices. Yeah. Yeah. I try. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm doing a lot more reading now and trying to watch things on it. Like I'm reading a book right now about plastic. I'm such a nerd. Um, Just trying to educate myself. I feel like if I'm going to do it, I got to be educated in it. You can't, you know, talk about something if you don't know anything about it. Well, then I think we have our next uh, teacher who may start an edX club. Yeah, Uh, for sure. Once she gets into a school, I think she's totally down for that. Yep. Yeah, Yeah. we could. Yeah. So we will talk about that. (laughs) Um, How do you share these passions with your students? Yeah. We actually, we talk about it. I... They notice my stuff as well, obviously, because I bring in, I'll bring in my coffee tumbler with my metal straw and the kids will ask and I'll talk about it. Um, We talked about, I think, because they still use the styrofoam trays for Mm -hmm. lunch. Um, We talked about bring like, and unfortunately for them, they can't all afford to bring, you know, the school feeds them. Those are their meals. Um, But there, I think we had a whole lesson on recycling, actually, because that was important to me. And I told my teacher, I wanted to, you know, hit on that one. So basically it was, what can we do? Can we, we can go pick up trash, but we talked about how long it takes for plastic to actually go away and it's not going to go away and how, you know, we're affected by that. So choosing to use a reusable water bottle rather than a plastic water bottle. So I gave them reusable water bottles as a going away and a parting gift. Uh, they all got that. They all got a straw, a reusable straw. Mm-hmm. That's so <laughs> Everyone gets these gifts. It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> um, so because they knew it was important to me, I just talk about it. I talk about my life with them. They know what's going on. They're allowed to ask questions. Um, and... Yeah, I just, I don't know. I share, I share my passions. It becomes kind of their passion. They become proud to show me what they're doing or talk about, you know, what they chose or how they told their parents they don't want to use paper plates or, you know, that type of thing. 
So people often hesitate to call themselves uh, feminists because they associate it with burning bras. <laughs> can you tell us? I've got a couple burning right now. I'll go, I'll go can you tell us what this means to you? <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm a feminist. Everyone who knows me knows I'm a feminist. Another, it's just like the plastic for me. People. You know, they bring it. I think last night we were playing a Harry Potter game last night and my friend was like, do you want to be the woman instead of the man? Does she have more power? <laughs> no, yes. they, she doesn't have more power, but she has power. <laughs> um, but feminism, feminism to me, for me, it's it's about equal. You know, it's equal in value. I think the the biggest thing that people confuse it with is thinking that feminism means that we're the same and we're not. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that men and women are not the same. We are very different. Uh, we can't do all the same things. We're very well aware of that. Go ahead and try to have a baby as a man. Like you just can't do it. You're not built that way. Sorry. Um, so it's not about being the same. It's, it's being different and, but equal in value. So we, a lot of times as women, we will hear, you know, we'll hear the men say, we're, we're not equal, but then we quickly jump to we're less valued by, you know, right. what we do. So I think it's also important that we listen and let them speak their minds. But also men here, we want to be equal and they jump to we're the same. And then they go on about how, but you can't lift this much weight. Maybe. Watch me try. <laughs> but I think that what we're really looking for here is just because we are different, what that doesn't mean that we can't have the same jobs. So we have to, and especially like teaching the kids, men and women, it doesn't matter. A man can stay home and take care of the kids and that's okay. That's what feminism is. It's not just about women, it's about men too. And about both having those same equal rights. So if a man wants to stay home and be the caretaker and the woman goes to work, awesome. Or vice versa, it's also okay for a woman to stay home. So women need to support women. Yes. And we need to have each other's backs and we need to support everything we're doing because if we're not, it's not going to go anywhere. So we can't, we got to stop women shaming and we have to stop man shaming and all just be on the same board with it all. So I think it's being educated in it. Like when I was talking to my friends and my sister the other day and they didn't know who RBG was. And I was like, she's the goat. Yes. How do you not know the goat? (laughs) And so I had to educate them. And be like, watch this and watch this mm-hmm. and then come back next week because the reason you have a lot of the rights you have as a woman is because of this lady. Yeah. And wear the sweater with the doily around the neck from then on and out. And they do every <laughs> time we meet. I'm just kidding. Now they know who she is. And, you know, I just felt like, I think that, and people think because I say I'm a, femini- a feminist, that like I said, they kind of go to the burning the bra thing. Yeah. Where it's like, well, you wouldn't believe this. Well, don't tell me what I believe. Correct. Because that's not how it is. That's actually not what I believe. I don't think that women are better than men. That's not what feminism is. Or that you're a man hater and that men can't be feminists. And that's just simply not what feminism is. Every person should be a feminist. Every person. That just means that we want equality. Yeah, we should all want the equal -hmm. equal opportunities. Yeah. You know, and that's that was that was one of the things that I received as a as a doctoral candidate when when I was told that I couldn't be a feminist but my but we're equal 
I see I see you as 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 my colleague. I, I see mm-hmm. you as as someone that I'm gonna that I wish that you know help out if if I if I can, but then but then at the same time, if I need help, I'm gonna come to you. It's it's yeah. we're we're in the same boat. So I, yeah, I think that I think my sister called me the other day about a a job opportunity, someone being interested. She's like, but he's he's lowballing my my rate, and she goes, and I'm actually more educated than him. She's like, he doesn't have his master's, and he wants me on board, but I don't feel like I'm appreciated. Yeah. She's like, what do I do? I said, show up to the table and sit at the table. Yeah. And she's like, what? I go, don't be in the corner, sit at the table. And I was like, a lot of times we as women are afraid to use our voice, and that's where we need to back each other up is we're afraid to stand up for ourselves. And the most important thing is you show up to the table and you, you show your worth because a guy on the application is going to look at it and say, well, it says Microsoft Word and Excel. Well, I had that in high school. Yeah, I'm proficient. Where a woman's going to look at it and say Microsoft Word and Excel, well, I haven't used that since high school, so I probably shouldn't apply for that right. job. You know, so mm-hmm. we need to we need to step up, show up, step up, get to the table and demand what we want. If we're worth a certain amount of money, yeah. be worth that money and tell them you're worth it or walk away. Use your voice. Yeah. yeah that. um, and that's what surprises me because I'm, I'm sure people who, who don't want um, women to have equal pay are going to politicize this into the realm that they wish just, you know, just okay. so that they could, you know, still, and we see that with everything that's, that's, that's taking place, even, you know, even what's even what's going on uh, yeah. with 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 COVID, it's politicized now. And you know, we're not thinking about people's lives. We're you know thinking about other things. So yeah, um, yeah. And it's and I and it's fortunate for for your for both your male and your and your female students to hear things like this, um, and not not by. Um, overtly telling them, but right. showing them just, you know, it's, we're all kind of, you know, you know, like me, I, for, for years, I was a multi, um, a multicultural led teacher and I was getting slammed by everyone because they thought that multicultural ed was, I'm promoting cultures over everyone oh, else's. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I, you know, if, you know, for, you know, I show people in history that have done some great things. Oh, it happens to be a female, but I'm not saying well, this is a female. You know, so we need a or this is a you know. No, it's you know this is so. But, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. I think that you're right. I think that just not saying it, like I never say, like my, I don't say to the kids, like I'm a feminist. It's just no. <laughs> if you want to be something, then go be it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it's not a guy's job it's not a girl's job if that's what you want to do go do it you know we're also i mean we gotta stop splitting them up as girls and boys and what they can do in classrooms right you know i had we were on a field trip for with my class last fall and the lady split them up and she said why don't all you girls go over here and you boys and i had a a little boy who was better friends with the girls because he was in cheer with them and he looked at me and i was like if you want to go with the girls go with the girls he goes well i'm one of the girls I was like, then go with the girls. And the teacher looked at, or not the teacher, the lady on the field trip looked at me and I was like, it's going to be over there. And she was like, okay. I was like, yeah. who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. why are you and that's a, them? That's a great point though, is to correct 
those things as they come up and that's like yeah. teachable moments right so yeah. even if a if a kid makes a comment about you know a role a specific gender role or if an, another adult I mean you handled that perfectly you're a student teacher so you're in this kind of awkward position but you're also the student's advocate so you you did it perfectly right to advocate for that child and what that child you know wanted and identified yeah. with mm-hmm want to be where he's comfortable so go where you're comfortable at that time you know well there's uh, one of the things that we that that we like to do christiane is that we is we like to end with asking people what their call to action is um Mm -hmm. you know and you're and you've you've shared a lot of beautiful you know beautiful things um so what is your call to action with regards to education it's in the classroom, like we talked about, lay, lay, lay off, no, stop the competition <laughs> and the perfection aspect of school. The grades, they're not important. You know, it's how, what are they going to learn and what are they going to take away from their lessons? Because we, we need to teach children how to be problem solvers and how to how to go out into the real world and actually live because memorizing memorizing facts and then applying them on a test isn't going to help them in the real world because they need to learn how to advocate for themselves and solve those problems. So find the, find the little victories in what they do as well and acknowledge those. So you do have, like I, my favorite students are the ones who most people say are the trouble students, uh, the ones who give you the hard time because most likely they're giving you a hard time because they don't feel like they're appreciated. Yeah. And, and those are my favorite. So I always find a reason to find their victory. So they're probably also the kids who have their stickers the lowest on the sticker chart. So when they memorize one more multiplication fact or they read one more book, we need to be celebrating that instead of saying, why are you not reading more? Yep. You need to practice more. You're not high enough. So find the victories and acknowledge the efforts. That's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. Thank you. It is very beautiful. Christiane, Thank thanks so much for your time today. And you are going to make an amazing teacher. I'm excited to uh-huh. see what you do. It's going to be great. You. Keep in touch and let us know um, where you end up teaching and changing the world. Will do. Thanks for having me. Of course.